with that. I want you to turn your Bibles this uh, morning to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, beginning in verse 13. We've looked at this text of Scripture already. We've been going through 1 Thessalonians uh, for quite a few weeks now, a few months now actually, and so as we continue to take a look at this text of Scripture, we continue to look uh, 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 the great, the rich blessings within this text of Scripture. And so, you know, as I said a few weeks ago, when we first started talking about this particular text of Scripture. It's a Scripture that I use quite often in funerals. Uh, but as we look at this, uh, that is specifically what it's given to us for, is to give us a great hope uh, for those who uh, have passed on and gone on before us to realize uh, that there is something uh, absolutely wonderful in store for them. And there's a resurrection to come. Amen. We talk about the rapture and there's a rapture that is to come, but there's a resurrection that is to come. And so when we begin to think about the resurrection, we begin to think about the rapture, we begin to think about these things taking place and these things taking place, what I believe is going to be the very near future. Now again, it's not for us to try to predict, it's not for us to try to figure out exactly when all of these things are going to take place. We just know that they are going to take place in God's timing when God says it's time amen when he is ready to come back and receive his children unto his own then that is going to be the day the hour the very second that it's going to take place so what do we need to do we need to be ready we need to know that we know that we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and as our Savior and if today that you don't know that today you need to come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior so we already looked at verse 13 just read it real quick to remind you of it but we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, uh, so that you will not grieve as, the re as do the rest who have no hope. And so when we look at that scripture right there, we begin to understand uh, this is the purpose of uh, God giving this to us. Remember that uh, Paul sent Timothy, or well, first of all, Paul was there uh, in Thessalonica. He was there for three Sabbaths. And so after that, he ended up getting driven out. And as he was driven out, uh, you know, he was concerned about these new believers that had professed Christ in uh, uh, during that short amount of time that they was there, but they ended up going to Jason house and started a church there and they just began to thrive where the point the whole world knew about the faith that was that they had there in the church of Thessalonica and so Paul was concerned about them he couldn't go back himself he was driven out of town he was driven out of all of Macedonia and so he sends Timothy back there to receive word and so that was one of their concerns one of their concerns was you know you taught us about the second coming you taught us about the return of Jesus but now some of our loved ones have passed on so What's going to happen to them? What's going on with them? We're worried about, you know, did they miss out on the resurrection? Did they miss out on the rapture? Are they going to miss out on all of these things? And by the way, you know, things are getting pretty tough right here as the day of the Lord already come. And so uh, Paul is beginning to answer all of these things in this question. But he, he tells them uh, that you need uh, not sorrow as those who have no hope. Amen. You don't need to sorrow as those who have hope we have hope we have hope in the person of Jesus Christ and so as we have hope in the person of Jesus Christ the things of this earth will get tough the things of this earth are tough and they get hard and they are hard they get harder and harder as time goes on as life goes on but we know what regardless of what we face here upon this earth we don't look to the things here upon this earth what do we do we keep our eyes focused upon the th 
things above, as we keep our eyes focused upon the things above, while we're here upon this earth, we recognize, you know what? God is still high and he's still lofty and he's still sitting up on his throne. No matter what takes place here upon this earth, God's still God. God is still in control. And even if they kill me, you know what? I have a resurrection that is to come. I, I, I have that blessed hope. And not only that, but Jesus has promised that he himself is going to come and receive me unto his own, that where, I, that where he is, there I may be also. Not to mention that right here and right now that Jesus said, and lo, I'll be with you always, even until the end of the age. So he is our hope. And so that's what we looked at a couple of weeks ago. Today we're going to be looking at verse 14. And so as we look at verse 14 and begin to examine verse 14 right here, he says, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. So if we believe, and see that is the key right there, that is the factor right there. If we believe, it is faith, it is faith that we have. Not just faith in anything and not just faith in anyone, not faith in ourselves, not faith in our mama's faith or our daddy's faith or our, our traditions of faith, not faith in the church in and of itself, not faith in the pastor, not faith in any type of religion, but faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. In a very specific faith in Jesus Christ. And so as we look at this very specific faith in Jesus Christ, the Apostle Paul told us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 exactly what the gospel is. And as he told us exactly what the gospel is, he said, I deliver to you as of first importance the gospel. And here it is. He said, this is the gospel that Christ died according to the scriptures, that he was buried. And three days later, according to the scripture, he rose again. So what is the the gospel. The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The impact that the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ has upon those who place their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. So if we believe, if we believe specifically right here, he says, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again. You see, as we looked at a couple of weeks ago in verse 13, that Jesus is our hope. We don't have to grieve as those who have no hope again. Let me remind you, it doesn't mean that we don't grieve, right? Yes, even Jesus wept at the tomb of Lazarus. Even Paul uh, said that he would have sorrow, uh, sorrows upon sorrows uh, if, if his friend uh, were to die. And so even Christians grieve at death, but we don't grieve as those who have no hope. Because our hope is in Jesus Christ. And our hope even in the loved ones who have gone on before us, even though we grieve at their absence, we still live in that hope. We still live in that faith of understanding and knowing that they're with Jesus right now because they place their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. If we believe, he says right there, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so that is the gospel right there. If we believe that Jesus died and we believe that Jesus 
Jesus rose again. And so when we begin to look at the gospel, we don't look, just look at the fact of the death of Jesus Christ, the fact of the burial of Jesus Christ, and the fact of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But what does it mean? What is its purpose? What, what was the point? Why did Jesus die? Why did Jesus get buried? Why did Jesus raise up from the grave? And so the Word of God very clearly tells us that. First of all, we recognize something that, uh, that, that Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I have sinned, you sinned, every single one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But just right behind that in Romans chapter 3 and verse 26, it says this, it says, Jesus is just and the justifier of those who have faith in him jesus is just now let me just stop right there jesus is just let's just stop at that one right there jesus is just now there's many applica uh, implications to the fact that jesus is just but jesus is just you know if i'm going down the road i'm in that mustang i'm doing a wheelie going down the road i'm in that bright yellow mustang and i'm burning rubber and going down the road in that thing and all of a sudden i look in my rear view mirror and i see blue lights flashing behind me and and, and then uh you know maybe i know the law around here i know a lot of the police officers around here matter of fact we had the sheriff's officers come to our house the other night and so they they they, they came and asked some questions about something that was going on and one of them told me he was friends with me on facebook and i i didn't realize that i didn't exactly know uh, who the guy was but i'd preached it at church that he he's a deacon at uh, at one time and so you know I'm like well they're keeping an eye on me I better you know better behave myself and so uh, there there was it you know we're having this conversation and so you know maybe I look in my rear view mirror and I'm thinking oh that's my buddy that's my friend right and and so my buddy that's got I'm, I don't have anything to worry about everything's okay but maybe you could look in that rear view mirror and you see those blue lights flashing and you know who it is and all of a sudden your heart drops because you know even though he might be your buddy and your friend he lays down the law and he is just right he, he goes by the law he goes by the letter of the law and he's not you might be your but he might be your buddy he might be your friend but he goes by the letter of the law and just because he's your buddy just because he's your friend he might even be your brother he, he, he might be your best of best friend he might even say you know what i love you but i am just and since i am just I am going to go by the letter of the law and you're getting a ticket. Amen? Jesus is just. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you greatly. And as we've already looked at the fact that every single one of us have sinned, and as we look at the fact that each one of us have sinned, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23, now Romans 3.26 is that Jesus is just. That means you have a problem. Amen? You have a problem. You have a very serious problem because Jesus is just. Yes, Jesus is love. God is love. The Bible tells us that. Not that he, just that he has love, possesses love. Uh, he has the attributes of love. He is love. But he's also just. And since he's just and we have sinned, we have a problem. But praise God, that's not the end of that verse. That verse continues to go on, Romans 3.26, and it tells us Jesus is just 
and the justifier. Whoa, that's some pretty good news right there. The first part, Jesus is just. That could be pretty scary, especially with the understanding that we have all sinned. Every single one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But not only is Jesus just, but he's also the justifier. And so that's when things really start getting better. Amen. Things get gloriously better right there. So Jesus is just. And yet at the exact same time he is the justifier who is Jesus the justifier of Jesus is the justifier of those who have faith in him those who have faith in him so again here it is first Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse uh, 14 for if we believe if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, if we believe, if we believe in Jesus, we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ and what it is that Jesus Christ has done upon the cross of Calvary, we believe in his death, we believe in his burial, we believe in his resurrection, but not just the facts of it, but the reality of what it implies and what it is that Jesus has done in us because of the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And what then happens to us the moment that we place our very faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. So what is it that happens? The Bible then tells us in Romans chapter 4 verse 24, uh, verse 25 rather, it says, he who was delivered over because of our transgression. Who is that? That's Jesus. What happened? He was delivered over because of our transgression. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Because of sin, there must be death. So what did Jesus do? He was delivered over because of our transgression. He went to the cross of Calvary to die for my sin. He went to the cross of Calvary to die for your sin. He bled and shed his blood on the cross of Calvary. But apart from the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. He didn't do it for his sin. He who knew no sin became sin for you and I is what the word of God tells us. He had no sin. But he was delivered over for our transgressions is what the word of God says for my transgressions and for your transgressions the very reason that Jesus died was for your transgressions and for my transgressions and then it goes on to say Romans 4 25 and was raised because of our justification raised because of our justification. Now, as we look at this, again, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 14, for if we believe, believe what? That Jesus died and he rose again. And so, yes, Jesus died. What was the purpose that of his death? The purpose of his death is that he was delivered over for our transgressions. And so he died for our sins. He died for your sins and he died for my sins sins again. 1 Thessalonians 4, 14, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, why did he rise again? He said, the word of God says, and he was raised for our justification. For our justification. For my justification. For your justification again. Romans 3, 26 tells us that Jesus is just 
and the justifier of those who have faith in him. And so when Jesus Christ went to the cross of Calvary, when Jesus Christ was buried in the tomb, when Jesus' dead body laid there for three days, and three days later that stone was opened up, and Jesus came out victoriously from the grave, and he resurrected from the grave. First of all, he resurrected from the grave. It proved many things. It proved, first of all, that he was sinless. The wages of sin is death. He had no sin. Therefore, death had no claim upon him. Death could not hold him. It also proved that he was Lord. And so, therefore, Jesus rose up from the grave, victoriously rose up from the grave. And as Jesus rose up from the grave, he didn't do it just for his own purpose. He didn't do it for his own reasoning. He did it so that he would bring about justification for you and I, for us. And that glorious day of resurrection where you and I are resurrected from the dead and it's going to be the glorification of the body where we're going to come up out of those tombs and those who are alive and remain, they shall be called up together with them to meet the clouds and the glory. Again, that's the rapture that we talked about a few weeks ago. And so the resurrection and the rapture, it is going to be the glorification where we're going to be given those brand new glorified bodies and the reason it is going to take place is because we have been justified, declared not guilty, that our sins are wiped away. Our sins are removed from, as, uh, from us as far as the east is from the west. Our sins are blotted out. Our sins are cast into the sea of forgetfulness. Our sins are gone. And praise God for that. So when we take a look at that, we understand the more about the gospel, the more we understand how glorious the gospel truly is, we begin to understand right here that as the word of God says right here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 14, if we believe, that's the beginning of it all. That's the beginning of salvation. Now, the work of salvation actually began even before the foundations of the earth, but that's the beginning of salvation for you. It's the beginning of salvation for me. Amen? If we believe, the moment you believe, the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, the moment you trusted in Jesus Christ, that is the beginning of it all. But he goes on to say right here in 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, 4 and 14, he says, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so. Now let's just stop right here. Because this is a transitional phrase that is used right here within this text of Scripture. If we believe, that's the beginning of it all. And then he says that we, what, what we have to believe in, that Jesus died and rose again. Then he says, even so, this transitional phrase, this then begins to introduce to us the ending of it all. <laughs> Faith is the beginning of it all. What comes after this even so is the ending of it all. But it's really not an end, it's just the beginning. Amen? Because it's then that we're going to enter into that eternal state and there we're going to be with Jesus Christ forever and ever and ever and ever in that glorious, blissful state of eternity. 
So when we look at this, the even so part, we can also believe, as we understand, that the resurrection of those who of the resurrection of those who are in Christ. Because it says right here in verse 14, it says, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. So in the same way that we believe that Jesus died and we believe that Jesus rose again, even so in that same way, we can also believe that God is going to bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus, and that is the resurrection. Amen? Now, we already talked about before the bodily resurrection, as soon as somebody dies, immediately when somebody dies, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Again, Jesus told the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. But there's a coming day of resurrection, and that coming day of resurrection that, that, that God is going to send forth His Son Jesus, and as the, the Father sends down His Son Jesus, He's going to come after His own, and the dead in Christ are going to rise, and then those who are alive and remain will be called up together with Him, where? To meet Him in the clouds of glory. And so as we look at this text of Scripture, if we believe that is the beginning point of salvation for the Christian, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, that is the transitional phrase, but where it all comes together and comes to a head and everything is now completed, everything is now done, even so, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Christ Jesus. It is done. It is completed. The saints are gathered together with the Son and there He's going to bring them to the Father's house and there we're going to be with the Lord forever. How do we know that? Because the Word of God has promised us that very thing. Jesus Himself in John chapter 14 has promised us that very truth. We look at that and we understand that. We recognize what is going on right here. And so in the same faith that we have in the fact that Jesus died, the same faith that we have in the fact that Jesus rose from the grave is the same faith that we have in the fact that the resurrection of those who are in Christ is going to be. There is going to be a resurrection. But it's also the same faith that there's going to be a second coming. Amen? Because in this same text of Scripture, not only is he talking about the resurrection, but he's also talking about the second coming. And as he's talking about the second coming, goes on to chapter 4, continues to talk about the second coming of Jesus Christ. No doubt, uh, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, there's going to be a resurrection. But with that same faith, we can also have that there's going to be a second coming. Now the Word of God tells us through the prophet, 
prophet that the Messiah was going to come. The word of God told us through the prophets and through Moses exactly how the Messiah was going to come. In fact, when the Messiah was going to come. All of the things that Messiah was going to do. And the Messiah did come. Jesus did come. And you know what Jesus told his disciples? Jesus told him that them that I'm going to be delivered into the hands of godless men. I'm going to be mocked. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be scourged. And I'm going to die. But three days later I'm going to rise again. And they didn't understand any of it. Jesus told them every single one of those things are going to take place. And guess what? Every single one of those things took place exactly in the manner in which Jesus said and the prophets said and Moses said, this is how it's going to take place. And it did take place. But you know, Jesus also told us that he's coming again. Amen. He's coming again. And he's going to receive us unto his own. And so when we recognize the fact that Jesus is coming again, we have faith that Jesus died. If we have faith that Jesus rose again, we can have faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and we can have faith in the second coming of Jesus Christ because everything that Jesus said he was going to do and the prophet said he was going to do and Moses said he was going to do in his first coming, he did completely, he totally fulfilled every single word of of it he fulfilled it to the exact letter and you better believe he's going to fulfill the second coming now there's a lot about the second coming that we don't know we don't get we don't understand but we know he's coming and we know he's coming like a thief in the night and we know we better be ready amen same thing with death. We don't know when that last hour is coming for us, that last breath, that last heartbeat. Just a few short weeks ago, Dale and I was on a road trip enjoying ourselves and just enjoying life and, you know, having a good old time and all of a sudden I'm in the hospital. Not to the point of death, but just things turned on its head on a, on a dime just like that. You never know. None of us ever know. But what we better do is we better be ready. So when it comes to the resurrection of the dead, as we look at this, Jesus said, uh, or, or Paul said here in, uh, again in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14, that if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Here is the link between the resurrection of Jesus and the resurrection, the coming resurrection of the saints. If we believe, even so, okay, God will. Amen? If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, 
Even so, God will. God will because He said He will. And God is not a man that He should lie. If God said He's going to do it, then you better believe that God is going to do it. You can rest everything you have and everything that you are upon the truth and the reliability of the Word of God. And friends, if God said He's going to do it, He absolutely is going to do it. It is going to happen. Nothing is going to stop him. No one is going to stop him. There is no one who outranks him. There is no one who's going to outsmart him. There is no one who can outpower him. Satan tried to exalt his throne up above the very throne of God and guess what? Jesus said I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. It didn't work out too well for him, did it? And if Lucifer couldn't do it, the, the, the mightiest angel of heaven, if he couldn't do it, you better believe there's no one else out there that's going to do it either. And he is not going to do it through the Antichrist. He's not going to do it through that one world government. Friends, you better believe that it's not going to take place, that God is going to have the final say-so. And even so, God will. God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Christ Jesus. Listen to this. I want you to hear me clearly. In the exact same way that the Father dealt with the Son in the resurrection through the power of the Holy Spirit that He raised Him out of that grave in the exact same way In the exact same manner, he's going to deal with every single man, woman, and child who has placed their faith in Jesus Christ. Isn't that an amazing thing? Now think about that for a minute. In the exact same way. Why? Because of the gospel, because of the death of Jesus Christ and the fact that he was delivered over for our transgression, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the very fact that he was raised up for our justification in the exact same way. Because we could trust the word of God. Jesus said this, Jesus said it. John 14, verse 19, because I live, you will also live. Because I live, you will also live. Jesus is alive today. And friends, he's given to you eternal life if you placed your faith and trust in him. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 23 says this, but each in his own order, Christ the first fruit. What is Christ the first fruit of? He's the first fruit of the resurrection. That's already taken place. That's a done deal. It is sealed. It is done. And after that, those who are in Christ at His coming. The coming of Jesus Christ where He calls up the dead from the grave. He's going to give them that brand new resurrected and glorified body. As we looked at a couple of weeks ago, it's going to all take place within the twinkling of an eye. We're all going to be transformed. We're all going to be made brand new. Christ is the first fruit of the resurrection. And then it is coming every single one of us. 
are going to be resurrected. All of those who have fallen asleep in the Lord. Now, if you're alive, you're going to be caught up in the rapture. So as we take a look at these scriptures and something that we begin to understand, something we begin to recognize as friends, we could trust God. Amen? We could trust God. We could trust the Word of God. We could trust the reliability of God. He's already resurrected His Son. And you better believe that everyone who has, has died in Christ, every single one of them, they're going to be resurrected as well. Those who are alive and remain, we can have that exact same faith, that exact same confidence that they also are going to be called up in the clouds to meet the Lord in glory. You can have that absolute faith. You can have that absolute assurance. As we begin to look at that and begin to understand, that gives us hope for days in which we're living in today. So, Brother Rusty, I see the wars and the rumors of wars and they're happening and it's not good. No, it's not good, but it reminds me of a great truth. It reminds me of the fact that Jesus is coming back. Amen. Exactly like he said he is going to come back. Well, I see the pestilence and I see the plagues and they're happening and it's not good. You say, no, absolutely not. It's not good. But it reminds me of a truth that Jesus is coming back exactly like he said he's going to come back. We look around you say, you know, men's love has grown cold one towards another, which has caused lawlessness to increase. And that's exactly what Jesus said was going to take place in the end days. You say, it's not good. And I agree, no, it's not good. But it reminds me of a truth that Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back, I believe, really, really soon we're seeing that lawlessness increase right before us. Well, Brother Rusty, I tell other people that I believe Jesus is coming back and they laugh laugh at me, they mock at me, they, they, they make fun of me, and they say, oh, you're just a fool for believing in Jesus in the first place. Or, oh, we've been hearing that all of our lives. Well, we've been hearing it for a, a couple of millennia, actually. But you know what the reality is? That the Bible says that mockers are going to increase the closer we get to Jesus. And so you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of the very fact that Jesus is coming back. I looked out at our congregation. We all to have wall-to-wall -wall people front to back. This, this congregation, this sanctuary ought to be absolutely full. And friends, we're not alone. Churches all around us, their congregations are shrinking. You say, well, that's discouraging. And it, yes, it is discouraging. But the Word of God tells us that before Jesus is coming back, there's going to be a falling away. And so you know what that reminds me of? That Jesus is coming back. So I'm not going to let the things of this earth get me down and get me discouraged and throw my hands up in the air and say, I give up. No, it ought to get us encouraged to recognize that our days are short and we ought to be fighting the fight all the more. I ought to realize that my loved one who don't know Jesus as their Savior has a whole lot less 
time. Uh, and they need to know the gospel. They need to hear the gospel. And I need to go out there and share the gospel. My next door neighbor that is lost and dying and going to hell, they need to know the gospel. My coworker, my classmate, every single person that I know, I need to be out there beating the bushes. And I need to be out there in the highways and the byways spreading the gospel message of Jesus Christ. You know, the, the worst thought that I had through, through me being sick, it's been like almost a month now since I've been sick. And the, the, the thing that kept going across my mind through this whole time is like, God, I don't have time for this. Amen? I don't have time for this. I don't have time to be sick. There's things that we've got heaven's gates and hell's flames coming up in a, in, a few, in, in a few weeks down the road. I don't have time for this. There's lost people all about our community. I don't have time for this. And there's even Christians that need to be ministered to. And I don't have time for this. That's been my plead back and forth with God for these past couple of weeks. You know, these, these things need to go. And of course, his will is perfect, and he knows what he's doing. Amen? Man, how easily can we get distracted, get discouraged, get downtrodden? Just want to throw our hands up in there and say, just give up. you're a Christian, it ought to cause you to want to press forward even harder. Amen? So I encourage you. Friends, Jesus is coming back. Oh, He is. He is undeniably, undoubtedly coming back. I don't know when. Can't even tell you if it's going to be in my lifetime, but he is. And the signs are getting clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer every single day. Unquestionable. But are you ready? Are you ready? Do you have Jesus right here? Or do you have Jesus right here? There's a major, major difference between the two. Next week I'm going to look at the timing of the rapture and guess what? It starts with a shout. Then a trumpet's going to blow. Then all of a sudden, every Christian will be gone. I'll probably repeat this again next week, but let me say it this week. I believe that is going to be the greatest uh-oh moment in the history of all of the world. Because there's a whole lot of people that have Jesus right here. 
but they do not have Jesus right here. When that happens, they're going to know what took place. I've, I've heard about this all my life. I was just laughing at that Christian. You know, I've, I've been told that all my life. Well, now I just saw it happen. Where all these Christians go on. Of course, there's going to be the conspiracy theories and the you know, aliens got them and all of this kind of stuff. There's going to be a whole lot of folks who know. I just missed it. Fact is, you don't have to. Amen. Right now, as our praise team comes forward and have everybody stand. Today, if you're a Christian, single out somebody that you know. It doesn't have to be one person. But start with one person at least. That you know, or you're, you're pretty certain that person doesn't know Jesus. Maybe they live in your house. Maybe they're a very close relative of yours close friend of yours co-worker next door neighbor whatever it doesn't matter first of all will you start praying with for you that God will give you the boldness to start sharing the gospel then pray that God will give you the word He will. Pray for them. God will prepare that heart to receive that soil, that, that seed on good soil. But you've got to do it. Heaven and hell depends upon you. Closer we get to heaven's gates and hell's flames, the more we're going to be pushing that. You to be inviting people to it. That's not until November. Yeah, it'll get here closer than we think, but friends, we don't need to wait. So if you're here today, And you don't know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You've never put your faith and your trust in Him, but today you say, you know what, I want to do that. I want to believe on Jesus. First of all, because I know He loves me. Amen? I know He loves me. He wants you to be in glory with Him forever and ever. But you come today and trust in Jesus. Your salvation. Well, I don't know what to do, Brother Rusty. That's okay. 
I'll lead you. All you have to do really is just put your faith in it. But I'll lead you. You come as God so leads. decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No Cross before.